Welcome to Activate Church Podcast and thanks for listening. We hope this message helps you and we pray that God speaks to you through this week's message. I first heard about Christians Against Poverty 17 years ago. And it started when this crazy Yorkshireman spoke in our church and he, we needed the gift of interpretation. He was very difficult to understand. But one of the things that I really captured very quickly was his real heart for helping people who are in desperate need in their local communities. And his passion really came from his own personal experience with dealing and, and living in poverty. So I don't know about you guys, but for me, historically, when when I hear the word poverty, I would often think about people in developing nations. I wouldn't often think about people living in my own backyard. But when John came and spoke in our church, he talked about his experiences and the devastation that poverty had on his life. But he also talked about the life-transforming experience of getting loved and discipled by the local church. And through that whole discipleship process, he realized that God had actually given him some amazing skills to help other people who are in that cycle of, of entrenched poverty and being able to provide solutions that will help them out of that. And so as John shared his story, our senior pastor got very inspired And he decided that he wanted to have the same solution um, for for people in in our community. And so our church was actually the first church in Australia that opened a a CAP debt centre. So I've seen the the first-hand impact that CAP can have in a local community. And having been on staff now for 10 years, um, it's a real privilege to be able to stand before you to say that I've now seen the impact that Christians Against Poverty can have in a nation. And so what I really want to do today, I want to talk about three key things. I really want to talk about God's heart for the poor, because I think you and I both know that that God is very interested in helping the poor. But I also want to really unpack what your debt center is going to do and how it's going to help people in your local community. And then the last thing I want to do is I want to give every single one of you an opportunity to get involved. So how does that sound? Sound good? Okay, so when I first went to the UK, what I realised about poverty is that it's not just about possessions and finances. It goes so much deeper than that. What, what we've discovered is that poverty is about a loss of well-being. And we, we do a, a client survey every couple of years. And what we've realised is, is that with our clients, they are experiencing so much stress and so much anxiety that they are absolutely riddled with emotional and physical ailments because of that pressure that overwhelming debt is having on their lives. And in actual fact, 86% of our clients have been prescribed medication to help them deal with that. But poverty is also about a loss of relationships. Again, I'm going to be rattling off a few statistics today. And I think that It's easy to allow statistics to kind of just be a number and to to allow ourselves to get desensitised to those. But I think it's really important to challenge ourselves that behind every statistic is a real person, is a mum, a dad, a son and a daughter. And so 
So think about the impact that it's having on those individuals. But yeah, it's about a loss of relationships. So, so as I said, 70% of our clients have experienced a relationship breakdown because of their financial difficulties. And it's not just about the impact that it has on relationships. It's, it's the isolation that is created as a result of not having the finances. So we, we live in a very... Um, I'm sure it's the same here as what it is in Newcastle, but we've got a very strong cafe culture. So it's easy, you know, we, we're always going out for coffees and, you know, going out for brunch or, or morning tea or breakfast. But when you don't have the finances to do that, you can't go out for coffee. You can't go out for brunch. And so people are isolated and, and stuck at home. And it's also about the loss of dignity, You know, we have husbands and wives that are desperately trying to provide for their families and can't. They can't provide the rent. They can't pay the mortgage. They're struggling to to just buy the basic things like providing food and school shoes. And so there's a deep sense of shame that is is connected to that. And all of these things, when, when they keep piling on top of each other, the impact that it has on the individual is absolutely massive. One in three of our clients has either considered or attempted suicide before phoning CAP for help because they cannot see a way out of their overwhelming situation. And so thankfully, because of CAP and the local church partnering together, we have a holistic and sustainable solution that really addresses these people's needs and provides the solution, but also provides the love and encouragement that so many of them need. So um, the last uh, survey from the National Council of Social Services revealed that 13.3% of Australians are currently living below the poverty line. That's millions of people that are struggling That's thousands, hundreds and thousands of kids that are going to school that that aren't having a healthy breakfast, that aren't having the opportunities to go on the the school excursions and the things that, that other peers are experiencing. And church, this is why you and I are here. God has placed us here in this community to reach out to these people and to show them that there is a better way. And there's a a great scripture in Luke 4. I think we've got it up on the screen, but I'll just um, get it up on my phone. So I'll start in verse, gosh, I've got my glasses on, that's quite scary. Um, 16, I think. Anyway, it says, he went to Nazareth where he had been brought up. This is talking about Jesus. And on the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue, as was his custom, He stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it is written, The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners, and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. And I'm so excited to, to be here today and to be launching Your Debt Centre because this is where we get the opportunity to proclaim freedom to those people who are living in bondage to overwhelming debt. 
And um, as I mentioned earlier, we, I've seen the impact firsthand through the, the local debt centre in my church. And one of the most powerful first stories that I ever heard or, or witnessed, I suppose, was a, a client called Wayne. And he was actually the brother of one of my friends. And she'd been really worried about him because he had always been a hard worker. He was a, a bricklayer by trade, but he sustained an injury and that injury prevented him from working. So obviously... He didn't have the income that was coming in and as a result of that, there was a lot of pressure being put on his relationship. In the end, sadly, the relationship fell apart and he was left completely devastated, feeling overwhelmed, ashamed. He got to a point where he was so he was being hassled by the creditors a lot, so he was getting multiple phone calls. But the bills kept on rolling in and he, on one particular day, just couldn't deal with going to the post, uh, going to his mailbox because he was terrified of what was going to be in there. He just knew that the bills were unrelenting. And so not through a sense of being irresponsible, it was more out of a sense of being completely overwhelmed with how to get out of his situation. He would just take his wheel bin, wheelie bin down to the mailbox and would just empty all of the mail into the, into the bin. And he went back inside after having done that and attempted to take his life. Thankfully, he wasn't successful in, in his attempt. And when Michelle heard John Kirkby, the, the founder of CAP, come and share his story, she believed that that this was something that could really help Wayne. And so Wayne ended up being one of our very first CAP clients. He picked up the, the phone, called the 1300 number, which you'll hear a little bit more about later. And once he did that, we were able to book him in, a, in an appointment. Our local centre manager was able to go out into his home, sit down alongside him, look at all of his financial situations, um, and gathered all of that, they sent that to the head office of Christians Against Poverty who came up with a solution. Um, but while CAP was coming up with a financial solution, the church was loving and discipling Wayne. And Wayne ended up becoming a Christian. And this is, this is 17 years ago. And I can tell you now, he is completely unrecognisable to the guy he used to be. He is now happily married. He's got two beautiful children. He has bought his own home. He's, he's back in, in work. He's completely healed. And I can categorically tell you that God is in the business of transforming lives. And Wayne, when you look at Wayne, I'm going to show you a, a client story um, a little bit later. But it is such a powerful reminder that God loves people. Yeah. And it's our responsibi responsibility to love people too. And this is a fantastic, very practical, very God-centered way to do that. And so I want to um, just go to Matthew 25, another very powerful verse. This is this is really Jesus laying out a compelling model of how we can meet this scripture in our society. And so again, I'm just going to read through it. It says, 
When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit on his throne in heavenly glory. All the nations will be gathered before him and he'll separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He'll put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. And then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. And then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when do we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? When do we see you a stranger and invite you in or or needing clothes and and clothe you? When do we see you sick or in prison and, and go to visit you? And the king will reply, I tell you the truth, that whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers of mine, you did for me. Now, this is clearly talking to, to other believers, but if he's saying that to believers, how much more is he saying that to help people who don't know Jesus? And CAP is a 21st century solution to this scripture. We get the opportunity to go out into the homes. So, so basically what is going to happen is, um, Charles, would you like to stand up? <laughs> By the way, I've had a fantastic... Evening and morning. If you haven't spent time with with Charles and his lovely wife, Aggie, seriously, you need to. They are hilarious. Hilarious. So I've I've laughed a lot, which is great. But so Charles came up to to Newcastle and got trained in our um to to be a a centre manager here. So here's this is kind of I'm gonna kind of unpack a little bit of, of what Charles is gonna be doing. So so one of the first things he's going to be doing is promoting the work of CAP locally. So in actual fact, has everybody got a mobile phone on them? Yeah. Why don't you get your mobile phones out and I'm going to give you a 1300 number that you can put into your phone right now. So I probably should put this on a slide, but oh well. Um, it's 1300 0 So Charles is going to be going to lots of different welfare agencies. So if you know or work with people who are in that industry, please, please, please let them know that this service is now freely available for people in your community. So we've got lots of posters and flyers that can be distributed. And what's going to start happening, it might take a little bit of time, But the more referral agencies understand who we are and what we can do, they will be more inclined to refer people to us. So it's a very, very important part of the process. What then starts to happen is that people who are in crisis will phone this 1300 number. At the head office of Christians Against Poverty, we will then book an appointment for Charles to go out into the home of that family who has phoned for help. And I love this part of, of that scripture because it talks about, I was hungry and you, feed, and you fed me. Charles is going to be going into a lot of homes and statistically speaking, 25% of the people he's going to visit won't have any food in their cupboards. So one of the first things that we do is we prioritise food. We, we've got an emergency aid um, fund And Charles will have the opportunity to go out and to to buy them some groceries for that week. But the beauty of this is 
he won't have to do it again. Because what CAP does is we prioritise food and housing in their budget. So instead of giving all of their money to the creditors who are hounding them on the phone, they don't have to, they don't have to take those calls anymore because all of those calls come to us at the head office. And because the budget is sustainable, it means that they can live according to their budget. And so, so we had this incredible opportunity to come up with a, a solution financially. So at the head office, there's, there's two very distinct roles um, between CAP and the church. And, and this is one of the things that I love about it because CAP can't love and disciple people. We've got a staff of 35 people in, in our head office in Newcastle, and yes, we can negotiate with creditors, and yes, we can come up with a, a financial solution that is fair to the creditor, but is also fair to the client, and yes, we can provide them with financial advice. But you know what we can't do? We can't love and disciple them, and the church can and, and this is such a, you know, we talk about it being a holistic ministry because we don't want to just have that one-dimensional solution of having a financial budget put together. We want them to experience firsthand the love of Jesus. And so when it says, I was, uh, I was hungry and you fed me, through CAP and the local church, we practically get to do that. And the other thing that I really love is, you know, it talks about being in prison and this is not a prison of, in, in a physical way. This is an emotional prison. It's a relational prison. And, and I think that when we get the opportunity to come into somebody's home and to provide them a hope, then those barriers start slowly coming down over time. And the fear that was once crippling to them starts to completely disappear. And as I said, well, I'm not sure if I mentioned this, but 90% of our clients say that they're living in fear because of their um, overwhelming debt. Yeah. They're too afraid to answer the phone because they know it could be a creditor. In fact, we've had some clients that have got codes in place so they know if it's a creditor calling or not. Um, and we've got clients who, as, a, as I mentioned with Wayne, terrified of, of opening their mail because they know it's going to be another bill that they're just not going to be able to af- you know, a- afford. And so what we see through CAP and the church working together is that fear is replaced with a faith. And this overwhelming hopelessness starts to, to change into one of being hopeful and excited about the future. And, and this sense of being isolated, instead of, instead of the shame and the embarrassment of that, that gets replaced with being integrated into the life of a church that loves and cares for them with no strings attached. And, and I love that. And so I, one of the things, I mean, obviously, I'm very biased towards CAP, um, but CAP is not a one-man band. Okay, so yes, it is absolutely brilliant that Charles has come to the Newcastle head office. He's been trained to go out into people's homes. But he needs help. 
Okay, so Charles needs people that can go out with him. So you don't necessarily need to be trained in the solutions, but if you love people, if you've got a real heart to journey with them, if you've got a a real heart to encourage people or maybe to invite them to different things, we need you. We need you because Charles is going to be flat out doing everything that that he's going to be doing. So we are going to have some, um, there's an information table out the back and we would love for you to, um, yeah, if you're wanting to get involved in any way, please come and and see us. Um, But you might have administration skills. Maybe people is not your thing. Maybe you're great on the computer. Maybe you're great with organising. Maybe you're great with networking. You know, maybe you could help Charles with some of the, the publicity side of things. So whatever strengths you feel you can have and, and bring to the table with regards to getting involved locally, we really want to encourage you because it is a team effort. And so, um, so yeah, please, please do that. So... In terms of addressing poverty and alleviating poverty here in Australia, obviously overwhelming debt is is a massive issue. But we've also have some people in this room who have been trained as cat money coaches. So we kind of describe our debt centre as the ambulance at the bottom of the cliff. And then we have cat money, which is like the fence at the top of the cliff. So cat money is a brilliant tool. It's preventative in nature. It's a DVD-based course, and you guys do have access to, to, that, um, to that resource. So I would really encourage you to, when you have a, a course coming up in the future, definitely encourage your friends and your families to come along to that. Just out of curiosity, who here has spent time doing a budget? Put up your hands. Great. That's good. So how many of you actually stick to that budget? Hey, that's pretty good. That's more than normal. Like normally there'd be like one or two hands. So that, that's pretty good. But as you can see, everybody can benefit from cat money. Cat money is not just for people who are struggling. Cat money is for people who are rich, poor, married, single, young or old. It really doesn't matter. Everybody can benefit from it. So because poverty is a massive issue, um, as a ministry, we really do want to address all of the, the leading causes of poverty. And so we are so thrilled to have debt centres and cap money that address the overwhelming debt and the lack of financial education. But it, about 18 months ago, we launched Job Clubs, and Job Clubs address the issue of unemployment. So unemployment is one of the leading causes of poverty as well. And so are life-controlling habits and behaviours. So in about six months, we're going to be launching what we call release groups. And again, they're all designed to address the issue of addictions, which is causing so many problems in, in our society. But at the heart of everything that Christians Against Poverty does is a love for people. That is our driving force. We live in a broken world And Galatians 5 verse 1 says that it's for freedom that Christ came. And I absolutely believe, and I'm going to be sharing my story tonight. Um, I had a very traumatic childhood and suffered from post-traumatic stress for many years in in my teenage years. And I know firsthand what it's like to live in captivity, 
not just financially, but emotionally and spiritually and relationally. But when I became a Christian at the age of 18, I I read that scripture in in Galatians and it was a light bulb moment for me. I realized that, that Jesus wants to set us free from whatever it is that is keeping us bound up and in fear. And so what I've come to know is that no person is too far from the love of God to reach. Everybody has an opportunity and through your debt centre, the opportunities before you are amazing. And so I I would love to show you a story. It's Mark and Rachel's story. These are clients um, from one of our Sydney centres and it would just give you a little bit, you know, obviously you've heard me talk a, a fair bit, but this will give you some first-hand insight into what it's like being trapped in poverty from a client first-hand. So if we maybe just turn our eyes to the screens, that would be great. People talk about having the house with the picket fence. I just wanted the family that went in the house with the picket fence. Having the kids was an extraordinary experience, but at the same time, unfortunately or fortunately, however you want to see it, they both have um, disabilities. So Ethan and Emily both have autism and intellectual disabilities. We had a mountain of debt. We had about four or five credit cards. The debts that we had was also from um, medical bills that we were paying for the kids. We were paying for assessments for them. We were doing all that kind of stuff. I think that the relationship between myself and Rachel when we we're going through the money struggles and all that. We'd argue a lot. We were just we, living together. We yeah, were just it, was, it felt. It didn't feel like we were. Yeah, we were drifting apart. You know, the phone calls was probably the worst thing about being in debt. And you might be in a meeting at work. You know, you've got to duck outside and then talk to them. And that would be very direct. They'd just say, "Righto, you've got this. This amount of money needs to be paid on that date. Right? Are you going to do it?" I suppose I was making promises that I couldn't keep. The debt, it represented a massive, like, like anchor or sinker or something, you know, it was just pulling you down, you know. I do need to do the shop and get the big, you know, big trolley full of groceries and um, go up to the counter and they scan them all through and then I put, you know, I put the credit card over and it goes, bam, decline, you know. And I go, oh, okay, we'll try this one. Bam, decline. It's your worst nightmare. It's... It's embarrassing, it's, yeah, it's just humiliating the feeling that as a man, you, you know, you bring them to bacon, you make the money and you provide for your family. You just feel like a failure and you feel like you, you've let the team down, you've let your family down. I suppose the turning point for me and going to CAP was that Mark was extremely unwell. Um, he, and I don't know if you want me to share, but he was really, really low and... Yeah. Um, he, he had sort of attempted to um, end things for himself. He just couldn't deal with the pressure. When I made the decision to ring Cap, I was really nervous and I didn't tell Mark. I used a mobile to ring. I went out to be private and make a phone call on the mobile at work. I asked for help and it didn't. I didn't have to wait for it. It was So it was like it was meant to be. And when I hung up, I already felt lighter. Our first cap appointment, 
Lindor come to the door and I let her in. She firstly introduced herself and told us her story. We went through our paperwork and it was only at the point where we seen when she added up all the things that we realised how much debt we had. Neither of us had actually added it all up. We were gobsmacked that we owed that kind of money. When she said, you'll be debt free in this amount of time, I was like, wow, that's, that's incredible, you know? Jody, a caseworker, made such an impact in our life and she didn't even know me. She only knew me from every phone call that I made. But every phone call that I made, it was like I was talking to a friend and somebody who was willing to go above and beyond every time something happened. Realistically, for me, Jody was like, she just took so much burden off, off me. On the 21st of January, we become debt-free. That debt-free, that was just, yeah, that was like, whoa, yeah. Yeah, that was massive. So good to just, you know, have that burden lifted and it's finally gone, you know. <clears throat> Finished. No more. Never again. Never again. We've got savings in the bank. Emily has got braces. We've waited nearly three years to get braces for her. The journey has made me reconnect with what I already believed is that people are, are good and that that God is there to actually help you and support you through um, through all your burdens and your trials. And for me it showed how much difference that an organisation can make to someone's life and how they can, you know, transform a family. Trust you enjoyed this week's message. For any more information about Activate Church, check out our website www.activatechurch.com or download our app online and have a great week.